Welcome to Learning with Bell Vista Studios. Today on the show, I have Michelle from Noli. And I'm very excited to chat to you because you guys interested me in terms of what you do around behavior change. And that's really important to us. And I am really cool. Oh, I'm really cool. <laughs> yep, really you cool are though. That out there. <laughs> I think you guys are really cool. And I'm really curious to learn more about it um, from, because I've got my little world on what ch behavior change is about, but now I yeah. have someone else that likes to be passionate about that too. So what do you believe are the key ingredients for behavior change, transformation, post-learning event? We dive right into it. I love it. It's not, yeah. there's no warm up here. We're like, no, right I want to learn, man. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's perfect. So um, I think um, there's a, a couple of ingredients, a couple of activities that are really important. Uh, we usually try to make it as simple as possible. So we, we try to focus on three key activities that we see are really important. But of course, yeah. there's a lot to think about. But, but three specific ones, I, I would say. Uh, first one is, is practicing. Um, I mean, we know just, just having a knowledge is not enough to, to build a habit. So we need to practice on it. And we're, as humans, we're not a computer. We don't just install a system and that's up and running. We need something else. We need something more. And that is practicing because we need to see what kind of results we are getting from, from doing these things, uh, what, what is enabled for us, uh, and that we're getting from, from practicing. So we need to try things out. When we learn a new skill or we, we've gotten a new knowledge, that needs to be tested out, practiced. So the practice part is, is super important um, to, to actually create a new behavior. So that's the first one. Uh, the second one is reflection. Uh, and we, we have tons of uh, studies that, that are showing the, the, the value and the importance of reflection. But unfortunately, we as, as humans have a bias of not taking the time to do it. So we need to, we need to trigger that in some way because we need to reflect on before practicing, what should I practice now? Like, what is the most important thing for me to practice to like move in my <laughs> evaluation or move in my development here in this new knowledge that I've been getting? So think about what should I practice on? And yeah. after I have practiced, what happened? What kind of results did I get? What was tough for me? What could I do better next time? So the re reflection part is really important, both in the part of me practicing, but also in visualizing my results. Like, what am I actually doing here? What results am I creating? Yeah. So those are the first two. Uh, the third one is engagement from others. Uh, we mean, to be able to do behavioral change, we can't be alone. So we need to have other people involved in that transformation. Uh, and when we, if we talk training or yeah, development from a training, the usual suspects for, for involvement is, is managers. And it's so important to see that in, in trainings that we have these managers that are engaged, that are knowing about what kind of knowledge I have been getting from this training and that are involved in my transformation afterwards. And I think that this is one of the largest challenges that we have when it's come to corporate trainings. Like how do we get these managers involved? And I think in a lot of training scenarios and, and for a lot of managers, when, when I talk to a lot of managers, I think what they what they think that they should do is remind them of content from the training. So yeah. I think in a lot of instances, managers think that they need to be experts on like the content from the training, but from what we want to enable, that's not at all the purpose of their role. They're not supposed to 
remind them of modules or remind them of theories that's been brought up in the training. Their purpose is to coach them, to help them engage, to help them practice, help them reflect, engage in these activities that we know are beneficial for our behavioral change. And that's not, that's not like reminders of content. That, that is coaching questions. That is reflecting questions. And, and when we are able to, to visualize that that's the purpose for a manager, we get a lot more managers to actually succeed with these well, follow-up activities that we know are so important. Because, I mean, I, I think a lot of us, we've, we've set up goals for ourselves. Uh, I mean, New Year's resolutions, for, for example. <laughs> and, and in those cases, when we, we don't tell it to anyone else, it's so easy to just forget it or, or don't think about it. But when, we, when someone else knows about it, someone else is engaged in that promise or goal, well, then we have another accountability of also doing it. And I think that's the purpose of these other people involved after my training. So th- those would be my three, like other people, reflection, and, and the practice. Oh, I love that. That's really cool. Okay. So the question that comes up then is what I think is a struggle is motivation motivation yeah. to actually do the reflection motivation for managers to care enough to sorry not care enough that's the wrong word but motivation no, for no. them to do that coaching role yeah. what how do you do that so um, i think one of my gurus when it comes to motivation is theresa amabil she's a harvard professor i okay. think she's amazing um she's done a ted talk that is great she's talking about the progress principle um like how do we how do we do progress and and a lot about motivation and what she's focusing on is visualization of progress because what she's saying is basically when we're visualizing progress what we're gaining is motivation we're seeing that i'm getting somewhere so um i i build motivation in doing more things so it's like a ladder uh if i if i am able to visualize my progress i'm i'm amping up one step and then i can use that motivation to do another activity and with that activity i need to visualize the progress that i've gotten from doing that activity and then i get another motivation so they're always dependent of each other so i always i always need to visualize my progress from an activity and when i am visualizing that i'm gaining motivation and from that motivation i can do another activity so it's like a it's like an economy like we we were we're doing an activity but we need uh, we need to get money to do another activity and <laughs> yeah, yeah. and that yeah. we're getting from we're getting that from seeing progress shit i'm doing things and i'm getting results from it that's yeah. really cool so i think that is that is like the key part how do we help people to visualize progress because again just like reflection the reflection part we have a bias of not seeing progress that we're doing and we're so good at always like looking ahead and thinking about next things that we should do next obstacles to tackle and and forgetting forgetting about all these things that we've accomplished Mm -hmm. i think that's so important for us just to stop and think about what did i just do i reached that goal that i've been been focusing on for months i just did that hey i I mean that that (laughs) celebration part it's so important but we forget it so often. And I think for what, for what I'm seeing, that is what's driving our motivation. So we need to help these people from trainings actually to visualize progress. And I think that is a key role that the manager plays. Yeah. Uh, that they, they, their purpose, and in a lot of instances, is to do these coaching and reflecting questions, but also to visualize progress. Like, I've yeah. seen, Kim, I saw that you last week did that. That's so cool. I'm so proud of you. 
yeah. could I help you do even more of that in the upcoming week? Like, like cool. your feelings in, in, in regards to that comment is like, wow, you saw that I did that? Thanks. I want to do more of that. Yeah. So I think that is like the key, key thing of, of doing more things that we are able to, to yeah. visualize progress, visualize results that we're getting. So, yeah. That's cool. If, okay, so if I rein it in, in terms of they've just gone to a training session, some sort of face-to-face yeah. and they're yeah. coming back with their little notes and yeah. they sit down at their desk or their work machine, what yeah. is the first thing that gets them from event has happened to, I want you to care about progress, the first right. progress thing? Yeah. And, and I think the, the first thing you need to do is uh, before you leave that face-to-face is to think about, so what actually should I do now? Because I've, I've gotten all these awesome tools, awesome um, knowledge parts that I should use. So how should I, how should that be applicable for me in my everyday life? Uh, so I think uh, both uh, action planning and coping planning is a really, are both really good activities to do at the end of a training uh, to think about like, okay, well, how should I utilize this? All these tools, modules that I've been given, how is that applicable for me in my everyday life now when I'm coming back? Um, and, and I think just we use a model um, that is quite simple. So um, in our action planning, we, we want the participant to um, visualize a desired outcome. So like if, if you really succeeded from this training, if, you, if you've started utilizing the, the, the models that you've been getting, the tools, uh, and you see yourself doing that in a two months time, what are you seeing? Like, paint me a picture now. Like, what is happening? What are other people telling you? What is it doing differently in that two, two months time? And then we want you to think about things that could hinder you or obstacles that you could run into in getting to that desired outcome. Like, what do you think would be your, like, limiting resource? Maybe you see that, yeah, I really need my colleague um, Kara to be involved in this. Okay, how can you involve Kara? Yeah. So just thinking about the obstacles, because that what I usually do when we if we look at coping planning, if we think about obstacles that we might run into, when we run into them, if we've already reflected on them, we're much better prepared of also tackling them. So we have better resources to actually overcome them. Uh, and then next part to our action plan, it's four steps. First is desired outcome. Second is um, obstacles. Third is what kind of resources do I have now? Yeah. Or what kind of resources do I have to tackle these obstacles? And then the fourth and last thing is, okay, how do I get started? What's my first thing? What's one thing that I'll be doing tomorrow to get going towards my desired outcome? That's so good. I love that. It's, it's simple. I think, I think, yeah. uh, and, and it's so stolen. It's not ours at all. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think I really love the simplicity of it. Um, and I, I like that. I like that no matter how much experience you have of, of working with goals, uh, using reflection as a tool for yourself, you can understand the value of that. Yeah. And you can see like, okay, it, I see how valuable it is for me to think about where I want to go and things that could hinder me from to getting there and how I should like aim myself in this, yeah. in, in this journey. And yeah. I think that is what's so powerful with that yeah. structure. That's really cool. Um, I love, I guess it is a reminder cause we work a lot in the digital space yeah. and, yeah. you know, making sure that every training event, whether it's digital or 
face-to-face -face is yeah. it's the responsibility of the e-learning module or it's the responsibility of the trainer to allow time at the end for that to happen and it yes. brings me back to uh, many moons ago uh, <laughs> a long long time ago where <laughs> we did something similar to what you're saying no, did, i don't i can't remember the questions exactly but it was about our struggle was how do we get supervisors and the employees to match up and so we did some similar activity can't remember the questions but it was a postcard oh. that they filled out trainer went oh. back and basically two weeks later as part of their responsibilities was they sent it around to the organization to the supervisor who then right. had to go hey buddy remember you did that training these are the Perfect. actions you said you're going to take this is the support you said from or I think it then give them questions to say, what support can I offer you? Um, awesome. Which I loved how you framed like progress, well done, celebrate. How can I help you achieve your next thing? Any yeah. other things that you could share that are nice coaching language for managers? Do you have any? Yeah, and I think, yeah, um, of course. And I think that is how we should think of our role within L&D a lot more. Like, how can we actually give like managers these nuggets of yeah. like good questions to ask? Because in a lot of instances, I think that we we think that these managers already have this backpack of ready set tools to use. They're they have all the knowledge in the world to to do coaching and then do follow up from a training. And when I talk to managers, that's not really what I'm hearing. A lot more is like, I really would benefit from, from getting these tips, getting these yeah. suggestions on really good questions to ask. Um, so, so I think that should be even more when we want to succeed with manager involvement. That's what we should do. Like these nuggets, like have this conversation at this scenario. Like if you yeah. run into your, if you have a meeting schedule with your colleague or your employee, this is an activity that you could do. If you run into your colleague in the hallway, this is a question that you could ask. So like portray them in a scenario where it's easy for someone to understand, where yeah. could I post this question? I love that. So I think one really simple question to use is like, Kim, what's one thing that you've done in the last week that you're really proud of? Yeah. Like I've seen a lot of things that you've done, but what do you feel? What's one thing that you've done that you're really yeah. proud of that you have achieved? Uh, is there something right now that is limiting you? Is there any obstacles yeah. you're having? Anything I could help you with there? Mm. Um, I think I'm feeling the emotions as you're asking nah. me. I was like, oh my God, yeah, I'm really proud. And then I was like, hmm, actually it'd be easier if. So yeah, yeah. keep going, this yeah. is working. <laughs> yeah. And I think the, the proud thing, like it, it, it saddens me to say, but I, I don't think we're that, we're not used to, to getting that question. Mm -hmm. And we're not that used to actually thinking about what am I proud of? So I think sometimes when I get that question myself, I'm like, kind of in, in, in shock. I'm like, well, yeah. wow, what am I proud of? I, I don't know. Uh, that's tough. <laughs> and I, I, I really wish that was not the case. I wish we would get that question a lot more because the feelings that I'm, uh, I'm getting when I'm telling someone about things that I'm proud of, it's so amazing. So um, I think ask that question more. Mm -hmm. You will feel great of asking it and the people that are receiving it will feel even better. So uh, spread the love around with proudness. I love that. I agree. Yeah. Spread the love, people. Spread the love. Exactly. Spread the love. <laughs> um, all right, Michelle. This is, you have no, uh, we would do like a, I don't know what you would call it, but basically I'm going to give you a scenario. So yeah. I'm your client. Cool. 
we've got millions and trillions of dollars um no like limitations of this conversation yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no limitations i want you to right. do what you do best and change behavior in our organization post mm -hmm. any event how does it look before middle after do whatever you need to do to make it happen i just want to be a proud ceo and my employees are just flourishing and contributing to my roi i love this we actually have this as an exercise of one of the things oh, really? that we run yeah oh cool and and I think what we what we try to do is, because I think one thing that we've forgotten in a lot of this is when we run trainings. I don't want to uh, deviate from from what I'm supposed to ask here, but uh, reply to. But one of the things we we forget is a training. The purpose of a training is is just to move one person from one situation to another. I, I mean, we want to have the development of an individual. That's the purpose of a training. But sometimes we've forgotten about that. The reason we have a setting of 15 people in a room is because of economy of scale. I mean, we, we can't do this individually. If we could, if we could do this development from point A to point B uh, without like having 15, 15 people in, in a room, we would do that. But it's a lot cheaper for us to do it in, in a group setting <laughs> yeah. and therefore we do it. That's usually the case. But we, we, we can't forget that the purpose is that we want to move somewhere from A to B and yes. that's why we want to give them knowledge. Of yes. course, there's benefits of, of being in a group and share experience, but that's always the purpose that we want to do. So uh, what I would do would be focusing on the individual. So mm -hmm. before the training, uh, I would be really interested in hearing about their situation, their environment today. So I, I put a coach on each individual uh, that are following them along both before between and after. And this coach, um, it will be focusing on the individual, but also supporting um, other individuals that are working closely uh, in their everyday life with this individual. So before the training, I, I'd be doing an interview with that person that is going to training to understand what kind of motivation it has regarding this training. Why is it really looking forward in, in getting, getting to do this activity and, and seeing the value of doing it? Uh, I also understand more of key people around that person um who do they go to for advice uh, what kind of dialogue do they have with their managers uh, and i want to hear more about their expectations from the training so what are they hoping to get out and do differently from from the training that they're now uh, going to be a part of uh, and then of course i want this coach to share some of the theory before we go into the training some flipped classroom ideas just to get started before we get into the classroom just understand so these will be um, key concepts that we'll talk a lot about. These are yeah. some of the modules. I just want you to see them before we get there to, to get an understanding of what we will be focusing on so, so that you're um, ready to go when, when, when we're in the yeah. training. Um, and then from, from that interview, I would also talk to, to the manager and uh, one other person that this individual that are going to the training has identified as a key person in their everyday life. And I'll, uh, I would share. Um, my learnings from the interview that I've done with this individual and say that, so I just talked to Joan that is going to go to this training. He, he shared that this is, these are his expectations on what he's hoping to get out of the training. What I see is really important for you now is, is to support him in this. So um, afterwards, these are activities that I want us to run, uh, but I also want you to have a conversation about the motivation because I really love what Joan said about his how motivated he was and how he saw that this course was really a key part of 
uh, his growth within the company. Uh, so I, I, I want you to highlight that even, even more. So I would focus on these people helping them to engage and not only me as an external coach yeah. coming in and, and, and being engaged, but also these, well, managers and then maybe a colleague that that person has chosen then as a key resource. Um, and then um, during the training, I think that we are superstars today. We're doing awesome things already. Uh, and I would, would just focus on the enablement of, of creating an action plan to help an individual at the end of, of the uh, training event just to, to, to get down. What do I want to do? What do I want to do differently here? What are my goals from the NASA I've been given? Um, after, um, I would be going back to the goals that this individual uh, told me about the tr before the training. These were things that you said before, like that you hope to get out. Now we're one day after the training. What has changed? Mm -hmm. what, do you, what do you see now differently from these things? Because that was really valuable. Remember? Because I think one thing, we're so, we're so in the world of the training. That, that's all we can think about. And being reminded about the things that we said before, it's really important just to get references. Mm -hmm. Just to get a, a reminder of, right, that was really important for me when I talked before the training. It's still really important for me. And that it's easier for me to merge those two worlds. Yep. So after I'd really focus on um, combining those two and uh, really collecting what is important for you to work on now when coming back. I'd, yep. I'd set really clear goals for each week. Um, we have this desired outcome that the individual has portrayed. And then we have, well, key stepping points of, of weeks to work with. Uh, and for, for my part, I think I'll be more, mostly uh, as a coach, a catalyzer of discussions between this individual that has been in the training and these key resources that this individual has chosen. Because I want those people that are in their everyday life to do the activities, uh, to really mm -hmm. engage um, and, and to visualize progress. Because it's not the same thing. If I, as an external person, come in and I, I, I tell you about progress that I've seen you've done, it's not the same thing as if, if your manager comes in and says that same thing. So I want, I want that manager to do those things. And I want to nudge that individual into doing that, I think. So <laughs> I, I'd focus a lot on helping the managers to succeed in being a, go, a good follow-upper from this training. And yeah. I, I would focus on helping the individual in the training to practice and reflecting. Yeah. Um, to really think about set off time. When are you practicing on these things? What are next things to practice on? And then set off time both before the practicing and after, afterwards to think about how am I doing? Mm. I like that would it. kind of be what I would do. You're hired. Come work with yeah. me. <laughs> okay. You know, no, it's, uh, I, there's a yeah, lot of things that one can do, uh, and I think, I think it's so important just to to sometimes forget that it's a group. It, it's individuals. It's people that are going to this training. So how can I help that individual? Yes. And I think if we think of one person and then think about how do I scale this activity. Because if I can see that I can succeed with an activity for one person, it's a lot easier for me to think about ways that I can scale this than to right away think about how can I do an activity for 15 people that is awesome. That's a lot tougher. I but if I can see that. an activity for one and really succeed with that, it's easier for me to think about how can I scale it? Because then if I have a million dollars, it's a lot easier for me to scale that activity than yeah. it would be to think about something that I'm succeeding with with 15 people. Yeah. And I think it's even checking yourself when you're designing training and not just being like, 
oh, it's time for a group discussion or a group activity or whatever, and trying to go, this is the solution, now make the learning happen to that. I guess yeah. it's a really good reminder for myself, and this is why I'm saying it out loud, is remember what's going to get that one individual from A to B. And then yes, yes. I guess there's like a, a middle ground that we'll apply to the other people, the other 15 people. Yep. Exactly like that. I like it. Okay. This is good. I'm learning. My brain's like, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm happy that I, I, I can contribute in some way. That makes me of happy. Of course. No, that's, yeah. I was intrigued before. I basically follow these guys on Instagram. So that's where my learning journey started. But then I was like, I have my oh. own personal questions, but it will help obviously <laughs> <laughs> the community of L and D people that um, watch and listen. Okay. So I find myself getting into this trap a lot where I talk about the happy, everything's going brilliant and it can be done. We're working with awesome humans. Yeah. I guess um, a lot of training in the world happens as a result of it's the annual performance conversation. The manager doesn't have the skills to have and develop the human or the, sorry, the human, well, they are a human, but they're employee. Um, yeah. And then they go in that thing, in that performance conversation, I'm going to put you on training to fix the things that I'm not happy with that I haven't actually helped you improve yeah. or even communicated that you're not meeting expectations. You go to that training event, you don't want to be in that training event. And then you come back to the workforce and you, nothing changes. So any tips on how to, with that resistance or that unknown, like why the hell am Cause you get that in face-to-face -face training. I don't know why I'm here. No. So if we think about that, What's your perspective? Yeah, and I think that is one of our that's one of the, our toughest things to to um, fight against actually. Because okay. I mean, we're we're working with these follow up activities, and when we we want to enable all the all of these things for people coming back from trainings, um, and and I think a really important thing for us is that it's um, it's built out of autonomy that I'm saying that I want to do these activities because mm -hmm. if um, if I don't have the motivation like you talked about before, if I don't have the motivation of doing this. I won't succeed. Mm -hmm. And if I don't understand what I, what I'm, why I'm in this training, of course I won't have the motivation of doing these activities afterwards. Yeah. So we, we always ask a person like, would you like from our system, would you like to have, have our help and support after this training? If not, we should not be here. Mm -hmm. Like I, I wish more systems would be like that, but yeah, th that's how our system works. And then you get a percentage of number of people that are doing it. And we have a quite high percentage that are, that are, saying, yes, I'd really want this. It's, uh, it's like 92% that are saying it. But then we always get these um, customers that are saying, I, I, we want 100. Uh, we, sh we should have 100 here. And when we talk to these people that are saying no, because we've done quite extensive interviews with them, the, the most common answer is, I don't know why I was in this training. Like my, my manager told me to be in it, but to be honest, I'm not sure why I was in it. And then it's, it's quite clear that that person should not work, should not spend more time on this when coming back because they don't even know why they, they actually got it. It's like, it, it would just be wasted doing more activities. So I think we need to do the, the training needs analysis a lot better in the beginning. Like what is, what is actually the purpose here? What is the core problem? Because I think we too fast jump on the solution training. Yeah. And especially us within L&D, I think we need to be more of internal consultants and not always use the tool training. Because, uh, I mean, we have a, a lot of different tools in, in, in our toolbox, but 
we're quite fast to jump on like, okay, we're not selling enough. We need sales training. That's, that's what we need. And then when you talk to the people, if you're really doing this training needs analysis and you're talking to the individual that is, might be in the training and you realize that they're spending, they're spending hours in their CRM right now, uh, just administrating. That's what's hindering. They, they, they don't need any new knowledge. They don't need new skills from a training. Uh, they just need more efficiency within their <laughs> administrative time in the CRM. Yeah. So I think we need to really do our homework within the training needs analysis. Why are we doing this? And why is training the best solution for the problem? And, and first, what is the problem? <laughs> because I think yeah. <laughs> we, we, we quite often forget about that. Like we, again, the reason why we do a training is that we want to go from A to B. Yeah. That's the reason why we do a training. And we see that the best tool to do that is a training. Yeah. And and, because we have a lot of ways from going from A to B. Uh, And I think in a lot of instances, we don't think about the core problem. Like, why am I not able to go from A to B today? Mm. And if we don't know that, how can we design a solution for it? So I think first thing, what is the problem? Like, what is the problem that we're tackling here? And then doing the analysis, talking to the people that are, supposed to be in this training to think about what is hindering you today why is training the best solution for you and when you found out it is so they have an, a knowledge gap yeah so they're just they're lacking um um well tools to do a, a for a good first call for example if it's sales training or uh, leadership training they don't have good skills when it comes to feedback or it was a, lo- a long time we did that we need to do that again work with reminders awesome then we identified that, that that is the problem, but just using training as a solution because um, it's, it's usually appreciated or because then I can show that I've done something. Yeah. Training can't be that. And training can definitely not be an incentive program. I think mm-hmm. that is, especially in Sweden, that has been a problem before. Like, wow. oh, you've done really well. Awesome. Here's a training for you. Uh, now you can go three days to this uh, really nice farm. Um, yep. You'll have awesome food. You'll have these great coaches that will teach you about leadership. Great. But if that's not my problem, why am I getting these, this as a incentive or why am I promoted in this way? Yeah. That should not be, I should get the training because that's what I need to excel. That's the reason we do trainings because we want people to excel not mm-hmm. because we want to show them you excelled before and therefore you're getting a prize, which is a training. Like that's not the purpose of a training. But the <laughs> training farm and the food sounds so good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it is good. It is really good. But it, it, it will taste even better when you're also excelling. Okay, okay. You've convinced yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've good. never had that epic training, hey. I've just been in four walls in a corporate room. I think I Maybe need it's to a, go to Sweden. <laughs> I was just about to say, you should come to Sweden. We have a, a lot of good trainings. And I, I, think, um, I think we're starting to move away from, from that scenario and, and, and those kind of things. But I still see it. And I, I, I see the challenge with it, uh, so mm. to speak. Okay, so this is interesting, actually. So we always look to places like Sweden and stuff for education and Finland and all those kind of regions up there or countries up there. Yeah. You guys are like role models. What that's funny because the- we look at Australia. So that's, that's fun. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, you, yeah, I was going to make a joke that wasn't funny. So lucky I caught myself. Um, 
no but what is what are the challenges you're facing at the moment in your industries that you're noticing in the l d the organizations what are you facing i i think uh, the ones that i just talked about this the shift in, in going from just delivering trainings being basically an order intaker mm. um i think that is a, a big thing that a lot of organizations are working with right now l d has been something that different departments has come to and say we have this problem we need x mm-hmm. supply that for me thank you and l d has supplied it like i have this problem with sales or leadership give me a leadership course and they've done it and i think a lot of organizations what we're seeing right now is that they've stopped doing that they're not just saying yeah of course i'll run a sales training for you instead great that you come to me. So what I'll do now is this process. I'll start with X, which is interviews with these people. Well, I'll get a better understanding. And then at point Y, I'll supply you with this information and my suggestions on how to move forward. So let's get started. I think that shift from, from just like an order intaker to a, a consultant that has a, a, a ready set plan for how to tackle a, a new scenario or a new problem, uh, that's huge shift right now and i see a lot of organizations are doing it and a lot of organizations are doing it really well Uh, but it's it's also difficult because the departments are uh, they're used to just going to lnd and getting what they want and now they get resistance Uh, now they're getting like no you're not just getting this uh you're getting questions back yeah uh, yeah, of course we can do a training i just want to answer some to these of these questions from you like i don't have time for that i need sales training like i think (laughs) A lot of challenges are being visualized as well, uh, but it's the way that we have to go. We have to do this shift. We, we, we can't just be um, saying yes, being the yes man within the organization and doing everything that everyone else is telling us. We need to do our homework. We need to know that training is the right tool for this scenario, and therefore we're applying it. Mm-hmm. I think that is in a lot of reasons or a lot of instances why sometimes training has been seen as something that is just a cost uh mm-hmm. like something that we in, in the down economy we, we can do less of because yeah. we've had we haven't had any control over it it's just been something that other people have said now we should do this now we should do x training um and i think we have to stop doing that we as L D professionals we have so much knowledge of when we should run a training, how we should run a training. And, and we need to showcase and share that knowledge by visualizing the process that need, need to come into place before the training. So, okay, before you say that we run the sales training, this is what we need to do. We need to talk to your employee. We need to think about what the best steps are in the training. Um, so that is what I'm seeing a, a huge shift from, and it's going to take some time, but um, I also think, unfortunately, this crisis that we're all in right now with the coronavirus, um, it's terrible in so many ways, but it's also, it's also making us move so much faster within areas that we would never move as fast as we're doing right now. It, it helps us innovate in ways that we would never have innovated in 10 years if this would not be the instance. Like just the fact that we can't meet each other right now is helping us be so creative, help us to innovate in so many great solutions, especially when it comes to L&D. I mean, we've been 
so dependent on the physical meeting, us sitting in a room, sharing experience. And now we see all of these great solutions of how we can use Zoom, like we're doing right now, or how we can um, utilize different other kind of digital tools to support the, the, the transformation that we want individuals to do. And if we would, would just look like four months back, people would say, this, that's not possible. <laughs> and now we're running that. We're yeah. doing it like we're doing it live when we're doing it globally. So I think um, I hope and I think L&D will actually gain a lot from from the entire scenario that we're in right now because we're innovating so fast and we're doing so many great things. Um, so I'm um, even though the, the situation is is, um, is terrible with with the virus, um, I think looking back, we'll see that we'll learn a, a lot. And we've developed in so many ways that we would never have done in, in five years if this yeah. would not have been the case. I guess, um, yeah, it's almost, oh, I suppose my question is, with this transformation, there's a, a surge to get online, even just simple, you know, Zoom call to do things. Yeah. What should L&D people care about and not care about to go from current state to future state or like it's reactive state but like present yeah. state i guess actually <laughs> yeah yeah and i i think there's some different stages to think about here um yeah. i mean we have the, the the current state where we need to like okay how can we how can we transform these trainings that has been that have been classrooms uh, into something else and, and that mm -hmm. is something that we need to fix right now um and i think the important thing to think about here is not do it um not to do these huge investments uh, in activities that we do need to do really fast because one we need to think about being agile here so we need to learn new things because a lot of the things we've never done before so we need to learn it from scratch and we should be honest that this is from scratch so mm -hmm. when we're running trainings with employees and new participants tell them this is the first time we're running this training in zoom uh, i think it's going to be great but just guys, so you know, uh, there might be some hiccups because <laughs> we haven't done it before, just so you guys know. So please uh, help me along the way and I think we'll do a great job together. I think just that like lowering the, the, the expectations, not lowering the expectations, but just like the being honest and open and vulnerable, I think that is that can really help us right now and not do huge investments because there will be things that won't work <laughs> that we thought, we really thought, thought them through but we realized um when we've tried them one or two times that that did not really play out the way i thought it would uh let's change that because this happened instead and if we've made these huge investments it's a lot harder for us to do those switches and changes so um do things that don't scale today do them really simple test a lot of things right now but test them cheap don't buy huge systems don't buy uh, great like um, hardware that you, that you can change test it in really simple ways instead because uh, mm -hmm. that will get us to um, a state where we've developed a lot um, yeah. much faster than it would if we try to do one big change right now mm -hmm. um, and, and see what the results are from that so I think to think agile right now is more important than ever because we're testing more things and we need to iterate more because a lot of the things that we will be testing won't work that, that's we have to be honest about that it's it's new yeah. for us so it won't work but we'll learn from testing it and then we have to be able to adapt and change to it mm. you got me i haven't formulated this it's like 
coming out as I'm speaking, but it's almost like we need to support just in time learning to the best of our ability. And that may be a simple word document and all the infrastructure that we've put behind learning experiences in the past. Maybe we need to think about, you know, if people are curious about something, for example, they're in a bookstore and they see a cool cover, they read the back, they might not, they just skim it and then they buy it and then they'll go Mm -hmm. and read it themselves out of their own motivation. So maybe if we could take a leaf out of that book (laughs) Um, (laughs) and think about that same process happening where people can learn, they know how to learn, they learn when it's desirable to them. So maybe an emphasis on that just-in-time learning and a simple resource that just gets them where they need to do is something as well to do with no money, just time. Exactly. I I love that. I think that is just what we need to think about right now. And we, I mean, we are working a lot with the, in the transfer field and how we can support people before, between and after. Uh, And what we're saying, I mean, Yes, we have a system, but don't start with the system. If you should start with with transfer, an awesome thing that you should do before the training as a trainer is to do a video greeting. We know how appreciated that is from from the participants. And I mean, that's just your phone. It's just, hi, do a video greeting, say hi. My name is Michelle. Uh, I'll be running the the coaching training that you'll be attending next week. So excited about it. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing you, even though it's, it's virtual this time and we won't get to hug. I'm really excited. Um, but before we meet, I want to get to know your experience or your expectations of the time that we have together. So please share with me your expectations. And I'm really grateful for getting that. See you soon. Like that simple, do that video in your phone, send that as a text message to each and every one so they can reply you as a text message. And all of a sudden you've gotten 15 replies of their expectations. That activity should not take you more than 30 minutes. And, and then the question is, do we have 30 minutes before a training to do a transfer activity that we know are getting so much effect from our training, is so appreciated from our participants' yeah. side, and can gain so much in the long term? Of course we have. And I think it's when we're doing these small activities and, and we're getting the results from, again, progress principle. <laughs> if we're doing yeah. a small activity, we're seeing the results, yet then we can do another activity. I'm succeeding with the video one. What else could I do? Mm. Uh, maybe, I mean, there's a YouTube video that introduces the theory that we're talking about. Maybe when they reply to your text message about uh, their expectation, maybe you could share the video about uh, the coaching technique so they can look at that before. But don't start there. Don't start about, don't create this entire dialogue that you are going to like curate to yeah. them. Just start with one thing. And then when you get that reply, you see, huh, I could add that video. That would be really cool. But I don't know that until I get the results of what I'm getting back. Yeah. So I, that's why I'm saying start with one thing, test those things and do it simple. Uh, text message. We know we can send text message to everyone. So, so utilize that. Don't think about what platforms, what systems should I use now? And when you're doing a lot of these activities and you see, I'm putting a lot of time into these activities now, how can I scale them? That's when you look at systems. That's when you say, okay, people have thought about these. People have thought about these activities that are really beneficial. How yeah. can I do that with less, with less energy, like putting in less resources to, to enable it? And that's usually when I think we should come in. Yeah. Wow. 
Yes. Oh my goodness. This has been brilliant. I I'm like processing. My brain is like, it's like feeling like a sponge right now. I'm very grateful for your sharing. It's been a really good refresher for me, actually. Um, some of the stuff that we've spoken about today, I've definitely forgotten. Um, so I really look forward to focusing more. I love the action plan bit at the end of the training and it doesn't always happen in our e-learning solutions. And now I'm going to be like, it's got to happen. Um, so thank you for that. Is there any kind of last, uh, my, my, I'm going into process mode now and digesting. <laughs> nice, I like that. I like that. Um, <laughs> I'm reflecting. Um, no, is there anything I, you'd I, like I to share or like feel compelled to speak on? No, I think the, don't forget that we're, we're doing this to, to change people. I mean, and we're, we're doing this to change one person. Um, yes. And think about what's one simple thing that you could do to change one person. Because that's yeah. what's training about. You people watching there, I'm pointing and looking directly at you. The one person, the name that you see on your attendance list, focus on them, love them, yes. and the rest will be loved too. Exactly. Um, Michelle, you've been awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kim. I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. We That's should have uh, more chats like this. Yeah, I feel connected. I think what you've said resonates with me a lot. Um, where can people find you? Uh, Noli.com. Uh, yep. We are on LinkedIn. And uh, I, I love that you liked our Instagram. So uh, Instagram, of course. Yeah, you do the behind the scenes there. So all the quirky exactly. activities that you're up to. But yeah, exactly. that's good. Shows yep. the personality of you guys, which I think is really cool. Nice. That makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, this was really fun. I, I enjoyed it a lot. So thank you so much, Kim, for having me, having me on. Oh, thank you for making the time so I can learn and everyone else that listens to this. So yeah, thanks, Michelle. Everyone as well, thank you for watching. If it has added value, it has, no doubt. So your first step is you need to reflect now. What's your own action plan as a result of this? Get onto it and our request of you is to share it with people that it will add value to and have an awesome day. Thank you. Ciao.